Stay tuned for The Lynn Show. Today, I'm airing an interview with Catherine Randazzo, whose title is Associate Artist at Florida Studio Theater. At the beginning of the interview, I say to Catherine that the title Associate Artist doesn't tell me anything about what she does. You will hear her describe it. All I can say is that it sounds like she does everything. And this is particularly appropriate for Catherine because she is someone who is interested in, called by, attracted to virtually everything. And she has answered the call to virtually everything that has intrigued her. It's a remarkable story, which I am not going to say anything more about because obviously Catherine will tell it better. All I can say is that it's really interesting and compelling. So hang on, here come the show. Hearing from an inner voice Finding choice where there's no choice With gentle prodding from the voice Oh You really can Deeper Deeper down You dive Where the child's gone To survive to The Lynn Show. The Lynn Show is about being the person you really are, not the person you think you have to be, not the person other people are, not the person someone told you you had to be or, in some cases, told you you were. 
Not even the person you may currently think you are, but the person you really are. Unfortunately, too many people have experiences in their childhoods which discourage them from being something that they really naturally are. And as children can dissemble so well, some people come out of childhood having forgotten some of the things that they pretended they no longer were. The Lynn Show is about saying that if this happened to you, it may not be too late to recapture, rediscover some things that you may have had to leave behind so that you can actually be the person you really are. In my shows, I interview people who make their living or their life with an art because when you listen to them, you can hear what it sounds like to be who you really are. And in my interview with Catherine, you not only hear what it sounds like to be the person you really are, because that is what Catherine is, you also hear what human beings are capable of being. Because there is no way to give a one-word or ten-word description of Catherine. This is a fascinating, intriguing human being. And here now is the indescribable Catherine Randazzo. Okay, I'm here with Catherine Randazzo. And Catherine is, what is your title? My title is associate artist. Boy, associate artist says nothing about right. what you do. So do you want to say a little bit about sure. what that means? Dozens of things, right? So, so tell. So an associate artist is um, kind of a... a a new way of saying that you're a resident artist. Uh, I work as a in-resident director, actor, literary manager, cabaret developer. I even do partial casting and hiring now. And I train interns as well. Did you know when you came what it required? No, I had a basic idea. And I also think because this is a strengths-based operation, you know, Richard is very much um, finding out what people's strengths are, and then he gives people more, more. responsibility right, right, based right. on that. Right. And because I, was, I came from an education background right before I got here, I was teaching, uh, I started a performing arts department at the State College of Florida for their collegiate school, and I, have, uh, I can teach English you know, 6th through 12th grade. So I had a literary-minded sense. And then I was with Theater Odyssey, and I was their artistic director of their 10-minute play yeah. uh, festival. So you had all these skills. I have them going, yeah. Okay, so in, in my show, I interview people who make their living or their life with an art. The art to which you have given your life and are making your living is theater. Would that be accurate? Yeah, that's totally accurate. Um, so I only ask one question. Can you remember the very first time in your life when performance or theater looked interesting to you, attracted you, called you, any of that? Yes. Okay, when? <laughs> okay, good. All right. So I was in kindergarten, mm -hmm. and they were having auditions for The Wizard of Oz, and I auditioned. Did, were you... Were you singing? Yes, singing, playing the piano, telling jokes. Before kindergarten? Yes. So I was probably four years old, and I'm sitting at the piano, and my mother was like, are you interested in this? And I'm like, yes. 
And so then I started piano lessons. And then I was singing and telling jokes and telling stories. And I would go down to the breakfast table in the morning. i say, you guys, I had this dream. And I would start to tell it. And everybody would go, I have to go. I have to do the dishes. Because my dreams were 10 minutes long. Yeah, they were little plays. They were little plays. And I got to act them out. Yeah, okay. So, so essentially... It, it, this is natural to you. It's emerging from you. It's, it's not something that you see that you say, I want to do that. It's coming right out of you, right? That's a great realization you just made me have. Well, I, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. I like okay, so, so it is not such a stretch then in kindergarten for you to want to audition for this play. Right? Exactly. That's right. It doesn't come out of nowhere. No, that's right. Right, right. Okay, that's good. Right. So you audition and? And I get the part. Yes, of course. Who's? Uh, so here I play Dorothy. Oh, of course. Silly you know, me. Right? You know why? No. Because nobody else wanted to. <laughs> really? Well, well, no. I mean, there were other kids at audition, but I think they were just not sure that you did that or they didn't ha- I don't know what it was. My no. courage was no. stronger than those other kids. And I could memorize. Oh, like that. Wow. I had photographic memory. Oh my god. I had the play memorized the next day. Wow. Okay, so um, you know, I was going to say that when they were auditioning all these kids, in addition to everything else, what they saw was your passion for it, your need to do it. You know, I mean, your, right? Yes. That thing that yes. you came to the, to the breakfast table with, you know, <laughs> it's mine. I, it's, all right. And that, I mean, then they had the good luck that you could also memorize the lines, but I think it was probably that other thing yeah. that you still have, of course, you know? Yes. It's, it's glorious. You're starring in your first I role, know, right? right? This and is a five-year-old. Yes, right. Do you remember it? Absolutely. Tell. I remember the costume. <laughs> I remember where we did it in the classroom. I remember not being nervous. Oh, my God. I just remember thinking, oh, my God, this is the most fun ever. When do I get to do it again? Yeah. And yeah, I so mean, when did you get to do it again? So fourth grade, we had a class play, and it was Alice in Wonderland. Oh my God! And so I was Alice. Yes, of course. Yes. Of course. Okay, so I mean, fourth grade, very young, but still, are you thinking this is my life? This is what I want to do? Yeah. It was a dream, but I didn't think you could do it. Ah, uh, really? Sure. I came from a a family of you know Italians that were blue collar workers, and Oh my. Performance was for only people who were born into it, if their family were performers. But I didn't understand how you could, I didn't know you could go to school. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't understand that at all. No, well, nobody in your family did either. Right. So they couldn't, there was nobody to tell you, right? right? Nobody to tell me. My mother loved the silver screen. She was an usher at the Cleveland movie house. And so she loved it. She knew all the stars. She could tell you every movie. She could tell you every silent film star. She could, she could tell you everything. Now my grandmother played the guitar. Ah. Italian, born in Italy, moved here. Play the guitar, sing songs, tell a joke, keep you entertained. So this is an interesting dilemma. This is my dream, this is what I want, but I have no idea how to get from here to there. No. Right? So what happened? Well, okay, so then a couple things happened. So then um, piano became my thing. Ah, yes. People started to recognize that I was, and I was a sight reader, so I could play very quickly. Yeah, learn. Yeah, I played for the choir. Okay, hold on. So this was okay with your family then, the piano? Oh, yeah. Now they started to see that I was an excellent student. I was in every activity known to man. I was getting (laughs) awards. 
I was I was a good kid. Right. And I kept my studies up. Uh, yeah, obviously. Okay, so now people are beginning to ask you to play for them? Or? Yes. <laughs> so then I get to junior high, and I'm in the choir. And, of course, the choir director says to me, the music teacher from your elementary school says you play the piano. And I said, yes, I do. And he's like, could you sit down and play this for me? And I sat down and I played the music, and it was the song. And he said, would you be interested in playing these songs for the choir? And I said... Of course. <laughs> now, of course, that meant I didn't get to sing. I was just going to ask. You didn't say anything about singing. I was in the choir already. Uh, yes, but I mean, you but... didn't say anything about singing before. Mm-mm. So when you were playing the piano, were you singing for yourself? I was singing for myself, but not yeah. for anybody else yet. I see. But then you auditioned for the chorus or the choir. And, right? I got and you in. got in, of course. Sure, because then... I, I could sight read the music. Yes, of course. Of course, right. Yeah. All right, so now you're playing the piano. Yeah. It's a different kind of performance. It's very different. Right. Yeah. And a lot more nerve-wracking for me than to get up and sing in the choir. Because you, a lot of people are counting on you, and you have to be able to make sure you're playing the right notes oh, and yeah, keep right. the timing and keep the rhythm. So you have an important role. M- mostly overlooked, though, as a kid. Yes. No, I think that's right. But yeah. you did it. But I did it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, so this is junior high. Then yeah. what happened? So then in junior high, seventh grade, spring play. Aha! Guess what they're doing? The Wizard of Oz. Oh, you're kidding. So I audition. Of course. Eighth, ninth graders, they know they're going to get cast, right? Right. I was the only Uh-oh. seventh grader to get cast. Yes. I did not get the part I wanted, right. which was the Wicked Witch. Now I wanted to be the witch. I didn't get the witch. I got Miss Gulch. You know Miss Gulch. I do. Okay. So, but you're in the play. I'm in the play. And so, and it's a continuation of the feeling this is terrific this is when do, I, yeah. when do I get to do this again right right okay so by now this is junior high is that what you said this is junior high my seventh grade right. year yeah are you any closer to thinking this is a way to spend a life no not yet no I'm still thinking I'm going to college to be a lawyer I see okay, <laughs> okay good all right good fine so uh what happens? Okay, so eighth grade comes. I'm in the show choir. I'm in the things, you know, I just keep auditioning. I keep doing things. I get another part in the musical. Now I'm dancing and singing. Did um, you take I, dancing? Did you take singing? I took ballet for probably four or five years, but I was also, then I picked up the flute. So I was doing piano, flute, ballet. I wanted to take tap, and I wanted to get singing lessons. Right. Okay. So my mother's like, you cannot do all of that. Enough. You've right. got, you know, you got to figure out which one. So I said, well, I can't stop the piano. I've been playing now for almost eight years at right. that point. So I'm like, no, I won't stop the piano. And I dropped the flute because it wasn't as important to me, but it helped me to understand other instrumentation. And then I stopped the ballet lessons because I got... I was doing so many plays in rehearsals that I couldn't have time for the classes. So I was taking kind of dance at school, you know, doing those. And then, um, and then I got involved in sports. Oh, I forgot that. I was on the volleyball team, and I was in the newspapers for serving the most hits. <laughs> Slams, right? Yeah. right? I could serve a 13-point game. Oh, my God. We went to the regional championship. They must not have known what to make of you. What did you, what do you think your family thought of you? I mean, you know, you're like this phenom. Well, I think that they were kind of like, um, let her do what she's going to do. She's a good student. She yeah, has right. great friends. Right, I right. was hanging with the right, right people. Right. And I was the youngest of four. Uh-huh. And the others, I was the first to go to college. Okay, so you're still thinking lawyer, never yeah. mind all this other stuff. Right. So what happens? So then... I get to 10th grade, I try out for the volleyball team, and I don't make it. Wow. 
This must be the first time you haven't gotten something in your entire life. Yeah. And then I run for student government. Yeah. And I make it. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot. In ninth grade, I was the president of student government. So that's right. I forgot <laughs> yeah. that. So that was another thing that kept right. me from yeah. taking right. all those other classes or whatever. So then I get to 10th grade, I become, and I get in student government. And then I'm in the show choir and as well as the, the concert choir, which was a big deal because you traveled weekend bus trips to, you know, music festivals and things of that nature. I'm still playing the piano for the choir as well as singing in the choir. But now I'm starting to get a couple of solos here and there because I really didn't have any voice lessons yet. So I was just doing what I, I'm a great imitator. And I was listening to Barbara Streisand and Bette Midler and Liza Minnelli and Judy Garland. All those big voices. All those big voices. And that's what I was, I loved that whole thing. Mm -hmm. On the other side of that, I was also wanting to be a comedian because I love Lucille Ball and Gilda Radner, and Jerry Lewis. I could name every movie that he did. I was in love with Jerry Lewis. Wow. Yeah. And Paul Lynn. <laughs> I thought Paul Lynn was the best thing. He was so funny. He was? Yeah. He was? Yeah. So these are the kinds of icons that yeah, I was yeah, following. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so we're now in high school. High school. So I get cast in a play in my 10th grade year. That, again, I was the only sophomore to get cast. The time I was a senior, I was singing lead roles. And then I signed up for college, and I was in the pre-law. I had all still, history. Oh, still. Still amazing. I know. But I went to uh, an acting competition for the Lake Erie League, and I get an acting award. And so I get recognition from the college that I'm going to that they're like, hey, I am the director of the theater department. I see that you're enrolled. Let's meet when you get there. My mother and I go to orientation. My father had died when I was 14, so she was my, you know, shepherd. And we are sitting there, and she sees this group of kids, and they're the musical theater kids. And she's like, there they are. And I'm like, yeah, I'm waiting for my group to get called. And she's like, they get up and they go. She's like, why don't you just go with them and see what it's about? And I'm like, mom, you don't, you can't go to school f- for theater and make a career out of it. You, I, I need to have a, make money. I need to have a life. And she's like, what? This is the conversation that should be going the other way. Right, right. <laughs> this, I've heard this many times, but not the kid telling her mother. Okay, it's amazing. Okay, and, good. She, and she says to me, but by a lawyer? She's like, really? Do you know what they're going to do to you? By the time you're 30, you're going to have gray hair, you're going to be old, and you're not going gonna to be burnt out. God bless her. I know. So I go with those musical theater kids, and guess what? I changed my major. Wow. And I got scholarship, <laughs> and I had all my classes, right? So I'm like, all right, but when do I fit in these other classes? Because I thought I still had to have, like, a law degree. Like, I thought you yeah. can't just, right? It's, like, extracurricular, right? And they're like, all right, well, you have tap class at 730. I was like, great. And then you have voice lessons with this person, and then you have acting one, and then you have styles, and then you have dialects, and then you have, you know, theater history, Right. And I'm like, well, when do I go to the poli sci classes? And, you know, and they're like, no, Catherine, you can't do all of that. <laughs> and I was like, well, why not? And, I, and then I was like, can I sign up for the, I want to do, uh, I want to do horseback riding. So I'm, <laughs> si- I'm signing up for the equine science. And they're like, no, that's a separate major. You have to have a horse. <laughs> oh, I thought you maybe had horses here. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I don't have an academic family. No, it is not because you don't have an academic family. It is because you could do anything. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Because you had not only multiple skills, but you also had curiosity and passion Mm -hmm. and everything you saw, you thought, well, I could do that. Or 
what's that like? Or right, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that's extraordinary. Yeah. I mean, that is really not common, and it's terrifically exciting. It's also so challenging because even with all of your energy and your passion and your desire and your curiosity. There is only so much time in the day, and there is even for you just so much physical energy. Right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Okay. So you become a theater major. Right. And the administration of the university protects you to some extent from what would have been too much for anyone to do. Exactly. And they allow you. On this thing that right. you have decided to major, that I right? love, that I yeah, can't that believe. you love, right? Exactly. I feel, right. Like, I feel like I'm out playing all day. Yes, and that's the other thing. I imagine that the early, the early feeling that this would be amazing, but I can't have it. Yes, right. right. Still to this point, there was another thing that happened to me. I was a freshman, and I got cast in the spring musical. <laughs> and again, they would they, tell us right. freshmen are not going to just. Right. Count on the fact that you're not going to get in. Right. And what got, did they cast you as? Oh. I got cast as Yenta in Fiddler on the Roof. Oh I was 17 years old. They cast me in Yenta. Wow. I had makeup like crazy, you know? Yeah. And people were just like, that was you up there? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And my mother says, you look so old and so, so homely. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what did you expect me to look like? Bewitched? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I loved being in character. completely different than Yeah, me. you loved character. I didn't care right? what I was. Of course like. not, because you loved the thing. That's right. Right. So I learned about the Hebrew culture. Yeah. I was fascinated by it growing up Catholic. Right, right, right. I loved the culture. I loved the commitment. Mm -hmm. Very close to Italian. Yes. Oh, know, yes, yes. The weddings, the food. The... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just wondering, I didn't ask you this before when it happened to you, but was there fallout from other kids who yeah I but would... i didn't know it oh okay i didn't know it until later ah uh, yes but because I, yeah but i rose quickly yeah in the program right and, and i and then my sophomore year i got cast as anita in west side story yeah because you could do it all right and right. and my grades were good yeah here's right. another funny little tidbit so not only did i take your normal classes for you know theater and all that but i also took typing and computer and shorthand aren't you smart because i knew because you still had that yeah. thing i'm gonna have to make a living right. this can't last right exactly. <laughs> right you had to take your generals so i had to take astronomy and psychology and all in, these in, right. Yeah, right yeah so i'm you know i go to class i'm taking notes in shorthand these we didn't have tape recorders and right, phones right, and right, right. So people in the, my major wouldn't go to class because they would blow off their generals and just go to their theater classes. These kids all, you know, had yeah, their, right, you right, know, right. I'm going to be in the theater. Right, yeah, So right. then they were getting C's and D's in these other classes, and they were like, well, who went to class? Who would know? And they're like, Catherine went. Get her notes. And they would want my notes, and I would be like, <laughs> they're in shorthand. You're welcome to them. And they were like, shorthand? You know shorthand? And I can type, and I would, I would type people's papers. Oh, my God. I knew how to use a computer. I was putting, I was word processing for them. <laughs> right. Oh, right, well, right, you know. Right. Juggling everything They were else. like, how do you get everything done so quickly? I'm like, you do it when you have spare time. Don't go to the cafe and have coffee and smoke cigarettes like half of you do. Right. Go work. Go work somewhere. And that 
That thing, that must have been a family thing, the work ethic. Yeah. That must have come three from there. Jobs. Yeah, right. Yeah. That must have come from there, right. Yeah. So, so you have all your natural talents and all your natural instincts, but you also have this thing about work and the value of it and right. the importance of it. And, the, and then you have your mother who yeah. gives you this amazing gift of telling you you can do it. It's right. astonishing. I mean, talk about the perfect storm in the best possible way, right? <laughs> yes. Okay, so are you yet thinking I might try and make a life of this? So here's, here's what starts happening to me. I start thinking to myself, wow, the competition is really stiff. I don't know that I'm that good. But they offered you an uh, internship in, in New York City, so you would go find out what it was like. Wow. So my senior year I go, and I work for a casting agency, so you get to sit on both sides. Right, right, right. right. And I, I worked for the casting agency that um, cast the Cosby Show, which was at that time called Hughes Moss. Um, and they did musicals, and they did movies, and they did TV. So I was really fortunate because it yeah. was a really close-up, an honest look at what that business was like. And in the late 80s, New York City was very seedy still. It oh, hadn't, yeah. hadn't turned around right. yet. And so, you know, I, was, I had to find my own place to live. I had to sublet. I had to do, um, you know, you had to yes, make had your to own live. way. Right. So I went the summer before to get my bearings. And then I went to my internship. And then I, you know, had friends and stayed with them and, you know, tried to figure out, am I going to move here right after college? Well, then I got recruited by a graduate program out in California. The American College Theater Festival has a competition where you go and you do a duet acting scene. And my partner was the nominee, but I was the acting partner. Well, I had been awarded the best acting partner. So I went to the Kennedy Center and we did the scene and, and there were grad schools there. So, of course, I get a letter and I said, you know what, this must be a sign. Mm-hmm. I think I better go because at least if I have an MFA, I you can, can be teach. a professor. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's right. right. Oh, because right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to assume. No, God I'm forbid. Gonna... <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Are you kidding? I didn't right. have that right. You right. Know, right. audacity. So I go to California. I do that. Totally different world. And they were TV and film media more so, which wasn't really me. So I was too big for the camera, and I got a lot of criticism. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah, so. right. I went back to Ohio, and I started working in the theater in a place called uh, Bexley. A Wexler Center was big in Columbus, Ohio. At that point, they had a, a theater program, and so I started teaching there. And I taught kids, movement, um, creativity. But you didn't go someplace and start auditioning for roles. You went someplace to teach. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Got and it. And then I was musical directing. I was, yeah. You know, right. Right. Yeah. It, it's all the behind the scenes right. thing. And then uh, I went to visit my mom. She lives in St. Pete. Uh, right. Uh-huh. And she goes, now, you know, there's this place called Sarasota that has a bunch <laughs> of theaters. Right. And I'm like, who does theater in Sarasota, Florida? <laughs> but okay, I'll look. And I open the paper. And sure enough, there's a place called Theater Works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're in it. We're in it. Right, They're right. doing a show called Romance, Romance, uh-huh. which I had seen on the Tony Awards that year, and I loved it. Four-person, small-person musical, small cast musical. And I came down, and I drove down, and I auditioned, and I got the part. <laughs> and I never left Sarasota. Oh, my God. That's it. I left for a little bit. I toured. This became my home. Yes. And I would work. I would get parts. I worked at the Golden Apple for years. I worked at Theater Works. I worked at the Opera House. I worked in Venice. 
And, and then you got this job, which yeah. is leaving you not a heartbeat of time no. for any of that. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, can, can you audition for roles here? Yeah. But what I do instead is well, we did a show called Rich Girl, and the girl dropped out. Oh. So I understudied her, and I learned the role in two days, and I went on. I see. So it's kind of like that yes, where, right. you know, I don't really audition or say, hey, I want that role. No, but. As much as it is, how can I be part of the resident company? How can I help if something happens? What, what I find compelling here is the duality that seems to exist in you. You said in the beginning, the thing about performer, performer preceded everything. Performer was come down to the kitchen table and, and bore them to death with your dreams, right? Exactly, <laughs> yes, right? Yes. At three, at four, yeah. right? The Wizard of Oz at mm. kindergarten, right. right? The performer precedes everything. Right. But at the same time, there's this powerful sense that you should be of service, that you should be doing what people need, that you should be helping, and in some ways, maybe even, that you shouldn't be performing. Right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I know, right? Right, right, right. right. The, and again, it's the curse and the blessing. Yeah. All of the things you can do, right. they're a curse and a blessing. If you couldn't do all the rest of this, right. if you didn't have shorthand, if you couldn't read, learn like this, if you yeah. weren't a brilliant teacher if you weren't right you might have been stuck being a performer <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that's hysterical and given that mm -hmm. you know you're extraordinary you're a gift in so many ways thank you before i ask my <laughs> other question yeah talk about the two plays that you're directing just to catch you up this season i directed uh, unchained melodies which we're going to have an extension of. Then I go into rehearsal next week for The Wonder Years, which is the music of the baby boomers. Ah, it's great, great yeah, fun. Right. And then I'm directing Buyer and Seller, about an out-of-work actor in the California area who ends up working in Barbara Streisand's little antique shop that we Her don't seller. Know. Yeah. Her is it spelled C-E-L-L-E-R? Yes. God, that's great. That's great. C-E-L-L-E-R. All right, so yeah. say when it's opening. The Wonder Years opens on February 8th. Byron Seller opens on March 22nd. Terrific. Okay, that's, that's good. So now I'm going to ask my other question. Having spent a life exploring the theater mm -hmm. in all of the aspects that you have, is there anything that you would say about what that's like or what it means to you or what you think about it? Hmm. I think that I am fortunate to have been given a chance to journey from different aspects of it mm -hmm. so that I could appreciate it from so many different levels. Mm -hmm. Because I think that as a performer who didn't think that you could do that, I didn't, I wasn't disappointed that, ah, I, that, yes. I, that I didn't get to do it. Yes, yes. I just always wanted to work in the theater in some capacity. yes where people thought that I was best suited. And if it happened to be in a role that was a dream role or that I wanted to do, so be it. But if it wasn't in the books, it wasn't in the books. You know what I mean? What are you going to do? So you just have to be grateful for touching an art that is so unique and special. Not, not everybody under, understands it. Say a little bit about that. What it is that people don't understand? There's a level of commitment and a level of maturity that I think you have to have 
if you're on stage or off stage, you have to know that you cannot expect accolades. You cannot expect that great things are gonna come to you and happen to you. You're doing it because the audience is there to share in a moment of something that reflects on them as people and why we are people and why we are so different and why we are humans that are difficult to deal with at times or not difficult. So you just have to know it, it takes a lot of maturity to know that it, it isn't about you, it's about you being able to do the job just like a secretary comes in and types the letter. She's not expecting everybody to applaud the letter, <laughs> uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. That's yeah. how I look at it. Yes. You know, it's like when, when they needed the replacement for the show. They were like, well, at least I know Catherine's going to come in and do it, and it's not going to be about Catherine right. coming into the show. It's going to be about getting the show on. That's what it is. It's so interesting because, the, because you can hold these two things at the same time, and they are not the same. Um, you can hold what you've just described, the, the sense that if you can do what is necessary, you want to do what is necessary. And that the, the pleasure from that, the, the benefit of that, is simply that, that you can do it. It needs to be done and you can do it. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. Then there's that other thing, the exuberance of performing. Right. The joy, the pleasure, the delight, the, the, you know, for its own sake. Mm -hmm. As I'm saying them, I'm thinking that they are not the same, but in a way they are the same. That everything you do, you do for its own sake. You know? Mm -hmm. It's amazing. It's amazing. Well, and and to hear you brought so many new um, observations to me as an artist that I don't think that I would sit and think about (laughs) without somebody reflecting it on me. Um, You know, and and, and I will take those moments of saying, like you said, the the thrill of uh, doing a role or performing. And and when I did Funny Girl, that, of course, to me was like, that was it. And I said, if I never step on stage again, who cares, you know? So you're adding another piece here and that is the ability to derive the joy and the pleasure from the thing without expecting it to be more than it is, right. without needing it to be more than it is. Right. Amazing. It's really amazing. And to not live in the past. And not to live in, or the future. Right. Right? To, that's right. That's right. It doesn't, you know, like people are like, oh, I'm going to die if I don't get back on stage. And I'm like, why? Exactly. Exactly. But... Life will continue to bring you things you want to do. (laughs) You're not in trouble. You don't have to worry about that. That's right. That's right. right. That's right. Catherine, thank you so much. This is wonderful. Really. Thank you. So as I said in the opening, I interview people like Catherine so that you can hear what it sounds like to be who you really are. I always hope that by listening to someone like Catherine, you are inspired to ask, is this how I feel about my life? Do I have this energy, this passion, this curiosity, this delight in the things that I do and the way that I spent my life? And in listening to Catherine, are you asking yourself, have you allowed yourself to be captured by, interested in, called to all of the things that you are capable of being and or doing? 
So, of course, I hope that you have, but if you haven't, again, the mission of the Lin Show is to say it may not be too late to recover, to recapture, to be all that you really are. As always, I hope you got something from this show that you can use, something that you learned that you didn't know, something that inspired you, something that turned you on, something that amused you, something that will help you be the person you really are. You see, I'm getting older. My hair is turning gray. Oh, you see my face and figure. I've both seen better days. Well, I won't be retiring. I won't slip out of sight. No, I will not go gentle into that good night. I may have got 